Welcome to our Portuguese Table Podcast. I'm Maria Lott and these are Ian Greenbean. And I'm Angela Samoz and we're just two chicks dishing about Portuguese food, culture, and what it means to be Portuguese. So grab a glass of vinho or un copo de café and join us as we talk about our favorite foods, reminisce about growing up Portuguese, and interview some of our community's most successful chefs and food writers. So, so sit, sit down, down at our Portuguese, Portuguese table. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Our Portuguese Table. Hello, Maria. Hello, Angela. How are you, honey? I am doing well. Uh, we're recording this on a Monday, so I'm, I'm doing well for a Monday. Not too it crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Mondays are hard, but we have a great show lined up for everyone today. Yeah. Very, very excited. Yeah, it's our first government official. It <laughs> is. It is. We've had a whole bunch of chefs and we've had a whole bunch of bloggers, Portuguese bloggers. But you're right. This is the first time we've had um, someone in um, being. Yeah, that's a wonderful thing. So, So, yeah. So everybody, welcome Nuno Matias, who is the Consul General of Portugal in San Francisco. Welcome, Nuno. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So some of you might be wondering, why would you have a consul general on a show that where you're supposed to talk about food? And I will say I had suggested this because Nuno is one of my favorite people in the community. He has been a phenomenal consul general. And I think anybody that knows him or is here in California will agree with me hands down. And he's just been so active in the community, um, opens his residence for us to host events and mixers and dinners and things like that. And he's spearheaded a lot of new events and uh, has brought a film festival to to San Francisco, Portuguese Film Festival to, to San Francisco. And so he's just done so many wonderful things that it's, you know, wanted to to raise his profile a little bit through through our podcast. But then also He's kind of a, you know, foodie a little bit, and he likes to spread the word about Portuguese food in San Francisco and has had some some interesting events around Portuguese wine and and things like that. So so that's kind of why. And then we get to hear a little bit about the Consul General and what his favorite foods are and things like that. Absolutely. I think this is great. And for the simple fact that this is for people who, as we always say, uh, for the Portuguese, no matter where they live, and it's all about being proud and and loving being Portuguese. So what better way than to have um, the Consulate of Portugal being on? I think that's great. And it sounds amazing, all the things that Nuno has done. So that's, yeah. that's a wonderful thing. That is a wonderful thing. I'm very lucky to hear we have um, a Consulate of Portugal in New Bedford, which is uh, Pedro Canero. And he's also, we're also very lucky. It seems like right now at this time, both ends of the spectrum on one side of the West Coast and one side on the East Coast, we, we've got some really good counselors going on right now, <laughs> which we're very, very happy, very blessed about. Yeah, yeah and I great think we thing. about trying to get him on as a guest I as well. I think we are. I think, yes, we are trying to. Yeah, that for happens. that same thing, um, you know, we wanted to see the difference also of the Portuguese in San Francisco versus the Portuguese in, um, or say in the West Coast versus, you know, here in the East Coast. And I doubt there'll be any difference. 
<laughs> I, I doubt there'll be any difference. And it's all about promoting uh, being Portuguese, which is um, right. a wonderful thing. Right. So, so Nuno, I think we should start just hearing a little bit about yourself and how you became the consul general in San Francisco, because, you know, we have consuls that come through every four years. And I don't know that the community ever really gets to know them as people and how did you get to where you are and you know what are your interests and things like that so what's your what's your your past what's your story yeah what's your story <laughs> well first and foremost thank you very much for having me uh, thank you for the very kind words you had about me uh, i'm not sure if they're entirely true but uh they'll be modest um <laughs> well i mean Council uh, is a position, and 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 my career is a diplomat. So I've 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 joined the Portuguese Foreign Service um, some twenty three years ago, and this is how you you become a consul general. You you're a career diplomat, at least for Portugal. And so I I was fortunate enough to have been placed and posted in in a few very interesting posts. Um, previously in the U.S., actually. And I was not actually planning uh, on on San Francisco. It came by accident. Um, at the time, my predecessor had only been here for a, a short few years, and mm-hmm. so there was no uh, indication that the, the post would be vacant. That, that changed, and of course, uh, at the time, I was looking for a new post, and the fact that I'm married to a, an American citizen prompted me to look um, in the U.S. and what were available uh, in the U.S. So when San Francisco became available, there was no hesitation, and, and, and I made my candidature um, for the post. So, and I was very lucky to be, to be assigned this post. Mm-hmm. And so how, and so you were in Washington, D.C. before, right? You mentioned another, another post in the, in the U.S.? Yes, I mean, I, I started very briefly with short, short periods at the UN, uh, with our within our General Assembly, uh, at our uh, UN mission in New York. So that was gave okay. me a little bit of the flair of oh, New okay. York and 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 the United States. But my very first assignment was was Washington D.C. back in the um, uh, mid to late 90s. Uh, President Clinton was in office at the time, and I was posted there for five years. And that's where I met um, my wife, and our first uh, child was born. So yes, a very, a very formative post. I mean, Washington is is the capital, is the is a very global city, um, a very important city in terms of foreign policy, and so fascinating post for someone who had just joined the foreign service. So, what have you liked most about San Francisco so far? Well, I mean, uh, the city has a very distinctive character, um, not because of its neighborhoods, its uh, Victorian-style houses. I mean, ultimately, uh, if you if you're if you're familiar with the Tony Bennett's uh, 1961, I think, or 60 song about San Francisco, "I Left My Heart in San Francisco," that will <laughs> give you an idea of the loveliness of and the uniqueness of San Francisco, and so. Yes, it's a it's a mix of many things, and it has to do a lot also with the connections that San Francisco has with its much older uh, city, Lisbon. Uh, yes. Same light, same hills, same trams, 
the morning the fog, bridge. the bridge, even the earthquakes. So, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, so both cities are like major ports for their economies. And so we like to call ourselves the West Coast of Europe uh, right. because we sit at the entry point of geographically at the entry point of Europe. And so we are the West Coast of, of Europe, like San Francisco is the West Coast of the United States. Mm-hmm. And we're not just geographically um, comparable, not ge- not only geographically West Coast, but also comparable in terms of our economies and in terms of our uh, Portugal became a hub for uh, technology, uh, for entrepreneurship. So much so has uh, San Francisco and Silicon Valley is um, a flagship for those for the, for that um, for that economy. Right. So yeah, we like all of that. All of that mix has made or makes for me San Francisco a very unique post uh, to be. Uh, it, it's it's a out in 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 many directions. It's not just a consular office. It is a consular office with a, a very large input in terms of economic and commercial issues, but also in the areas of uh, cultural and, and the teaching of Portuguese. And mm-hmm. we're surrounded with, by the top universities of the country, Stanford, Berkeley. And so that makes it also even more fascinating to be posted here. Sure. I think part of being a counselor is the outreach that is done within your office. And with that outreach, meaning um, educating and making sure that that the community knows about the Portuguese um, as they are and, and on our history, as well as our language, as well as our music, as well as all of the other components that come together. And, and it's it's definitely that outreach. And I, I see it here and I would assume you're doing it the same thing there and uh, in promoting what is Portuguese. Uh, but I also know, and I've mentioned this to Angela and she corrected me, I always thought that the people who immigrated into the West Coast, a lot of them being Portuguese, immigrated into San Francisco. And at one point, there was a very large community of Portuguese people there. Now we're looking at, you know, third, fourth, you know, generation but do you still find it a larger community there that are um the ancestors of those that came in san francisco nowadays what you have is a younger uh, community mostly people um, connected to the startup scene came here maybe some 10 15 years ago came here for postdocs um so very people graduated from either from Portuguese universities or American universities that are here, you know, um, okay. in the entrepreneurship and, and startup scenes. The the old generation, the, the ancestors of the early Portuguese immigration, unfortunately, you don't, you don't see them anymore. They have long moved to the other parts of the state, mostly the Central Valley, Mm-hmm. Um, you can still find some some ranches and some some dairy farms in Marin County and along the coast of California um, yeah. that still carry the name the Portuguese name and still are within Portuguese families, but very few 
nowadays you will find immigration mostly in Central Valley um, and, and, and towards the south and San Diego and Los Angeles. In the Bay Area, of course, uh, San Jose and, and, uh, and the East Bay still have uh, a lot of, of Portuguese. Um, yes. But yeah, it's very scattered nowadays. And, and yeah. San Francisco today is more of a, a younger younger uh, people I kind see. of for Portuguese. Now, I'm going to ask you a personal question. Where were you born? I was born in Lisbon. You were born in Lisbon. And when you were young, you're, you're, how many siblings? Are you the only child? Do you have many siblings? Uh, I have one sibling, a younger brother. You have, one, you have a brother. Okay. And was your mom a great cook? Did you enjoy what she made or your grandmother or anything like that? Well, I'm going right to food right here, right now. <laughs> I'm going into the food questions. Uh, was she a great cook? Uh, she was a good cook. She, she was a good cook. Um, the thing about, you know, when you're, you're young, you know, when I was a child, I was not my brother either. We were not big eaters. And, and like most kids, I think we were trying to find excuses not to eat, <laughs> uh, you know, because either it looks different or it tastes or smells funny. So not, not big, big memories. Um, not but big I, memory. I, I have, in terms of food, no, not not. I mean, except except in the dessert realm. Oh, okay, um, okay. Uh, yes, the dessert. You, you know, I mean, kids they they they, they love sweets. So yes, okay. in the desserts, so, yeah. My mother excelled in desserts. She made a lot of of different cake. That it's still a good cake. Is is what we call bol blasha. Yes, kind of a cookies cake. Yes, yes. Uh, it's a yes. typical Portuguese cake that uh, is made out of blasha maria, which is a Portuguese cookies and has a lot of kind of a the coffee free. cream to eat mm -hmm. yes and so it's uh, it's very difficult to make because you have to dip every cookie one at a time in coffee and then layer it uh with a, uh, some sort of a coffee cream so uh it is it takes a very long time to make it but it's very very good so, so that's that probably one of my child memories that is still very present i love that 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 cake Hmm. Now you're. You said you were married to a U.S. citizen, and I'm glad to see that someone else married a U.S. citizen because Angela always gives me a hard time because I married an English Irishman, and she married a Portuguese man, so she always gives me a hard time. But uh, so I'm very glad to hear that you did. Now, does she cook Portuguese? No, we we don't cook that much. I mean, um, we we cook like easy food. You know, uh, mm -hmm. we don't we don't do elaborate food. You don't have a whole lot of time to cook, really. Yes, we don't You're have a lot of time to cook, and so it's, it's more of yeah. I mean, homemade cooking. You know, not nothing elaborate, nothing too elaborate. Okay. See, because one of the things we talk about here is uh, how important it is to pass on things to the next generation. And we can't lose that. And yes, you know, the language is important, um, our music, but our culinary is right up there too. And we are, you know, the our Portuguese table here for our podcast and everything um, surrounds that table. So at that table, we always try to make sure that we're passing it on. Now, you said you have a child, right? You have children. 
Yeah, we so, have two boys, two, two, all two, right. two young boys. So are you passing that on to them? <laughs> yes. Mostly when we go to Portugal, there's more more okay. options there. But yes, yes. Mostly, you know, fish. Okay. Uh, try to make them fish. That's one of, for me, one of my top preferred foods. And, 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 and recipes around fish, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I see. But again... That they are experiencing what I was when I was a child, so they are picky uh, with their food and they're picky like their dad. Yes, not too adventurous. So we have to keep it simple. Is your wife picky too, or is she adventurous? No, no, she's very adventurous. No, we've we eat everything. We oh, both okay. eat everything. So no. Yeah. No, I came to to eat almost everything. Very little exceptions. <laughs> Because we always talk about what your favorite dish and the memory behind it, but your favorite dish you're saying is your mom's uh, bolacha, the cake, boule de bolacha. That is yes, your favorite. Yes. Yeah. Now, what's your your least favorite? Well, I mean, favorite in terms of you know main course. If you go mm -hmm. for a Portuguese favorite dish, mm -hmm. I would have to go for um, a meijos abrião pato. The Portuguese clams, uh, cooked clams with uh, yes. the white wine and uh, the cilantro. The coriander and the cilantro, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that. And That's I mean, true. any, any the codfish, I love the codfish, especially the codfish with uh, broa and coentros. Oh, the broa, I love the one with the broa yeah, too. That was That's a, good a tough one, one to make. I, I'm, I did it a couple of times and it's very hard to make. Uh, because it's very hard to find broa. That, that that's an ingredient that is not easy to find here in the U.S. Oh, not at least in California. It's not, it's not. I was going to say it's easy for us here in the East Coast. Okay, well you have yeah. to send me some. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will do oh, that. Oh, I love it. I, love I will it. do that. <laughs> Angela. Yeah, will but I, but yeah, the things that I don't really can't really get a. I can I cannot really think about it like those, you know, pig feet and tripe and brains, all those um, yes. organs that I have to have some some difficulty. I I will mm. eat the liver. I love liver. Me and, too. Um, and other parts, but not not those. Not those have I really have some heart trouble. Yeah, even That's, though they tell me they've cleaned it, they've done this to yes. it, I can't eat tripe. I can't yes. do it either. But I do yeah. liver. My liver with onions, it has to be sliced very thin, and then it has to be marinated and cooked in wine. It's got to be perfect. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah, But yeah, my husband, not. who's, I can't make that at home if he's home. The, the smell is too overpowering for him. Okay, I've never cooked liver, so I don't know... Uh... How bad yeah. the smell is, but it yeah, the, I, it's I, the, it, the smell is it does overtake you, <laughs> but that's okay. okay. Good to know. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. <laughs> the brains and the 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 tripas and stuff like that. I I think I mean most people we talk to say that they can't eat it. Even some chefs we've interviewed on the show, like Dobrada, is the one thing that they will not eat. And I, I you know I think a lot of it is because back in the day. You almost had to eat that because you, you really, you know, back then they they utilized every part of the animal exactly from to snout eat. to tail. Yeah, right. And now that's not so much of a problem. You can be a little more picky with which parts you eat and don't eat, right? right. Um, so I think I think it's pretty. It's the foodies, right? That that eat all the uh, the special stuff. 
I, I would mm. say. <laughs> Absolutely. So, now, how often do you go back to Portugal? I try to go at least once a year. You do. And family is still there? Yes, my, my parents are still there. Yes. Oh, they are? Oh, that's a blessing. That yes, is a blessing. So when you when you go back to, to Lisbon, do you have a favorite restaurant that you go to or, or a place where you like to eat? Like every year you look forward to going back and having this at this restaurant. Yes, yes, yes. They have a couple uh, restaurants. Uh, again, I, I look for restaurants that offer very fresh. Uh, it has to be around fish or seafood. Mm-hmm. You are it's well done. Right. It's, it's just it's just amazing. So I, I go for that. That's my main thing. And of course, I mean, if I have the option of trying, you know, local foods that I don't get to eat at home, um, yeah, I go for it. Mm. Now, have you been to the Azores? No, I have not. You haven't? No. Oh, that's where I'm My American from. wife has, though. Well, she's a smart woman. I already love her. Just <laughs> broke Maria's heart. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. No, the, you, you need to see the Azores, too. It is. Yeah, I know. You do. You absolutely do. In, in St. Michael. Same, of course, that's where I'm from, so that, that's close to my heart. But the whole islands are just beautiful. So, so I actually want. Could you share the names of the restaurants that you like? Because we're going in uh, the end of September, and so I want to go eat where the consul eats. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You're going for a month, aren't you? Yeah, we are. We may have to record an episode while I'm there, and then. I can oh, I love it! I love that. Well, I mean, um, my hometown is Cascais, so I always go to um, a couple places in Cascais. One of them is um, Luz Mar. It's really downtown. It's it's a classic um, Portuguese, you know, marisqueria, where you yeah. have seafood mm-hmm. and fish. The other one that I like a lot is Mar do Inferno, and that's close to, to the uh, Boca do Inferno, which is... Well, within Cascais, a little bit outside, oh, okay. and so yeah. that's that's probably one of the top best uh, fish restaurants. And uh, yeah, those are the in, in Cascais and in Lisbon. I mean, nowadays you have a choice, and and I, I'm a little bit outdated because I haven't experienced more. Uh, recently, I went to Cevicheria, uh, which is actually almost almost you could almost say it's a sister restaurant to Adega here in San Jose. Because the the chef uh, here in San Jose, uh, his brother is the host at Cevicheria, and the 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 chef at Cevicheria in Lisbon is the brother of Antonio Martins, who actually made um, the design of the restaurant here in 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 San Jose. Antonio Martins, oh, wow. a famous Portuguese. Um, designer who lives here in San Francisco for the last uh, 15 years. And his, his brother is is the chef of Cevicheria, and he has also another uh, new restaurant called Utalio in Lisbon. So, funny little connections between the two uh, the two cities already. Wow. And the cookings. But there's many, many uh, restaurants that are that are very good. You, you have um, O Cantinho do Avilejo, José Villez is, of course, one of our top chefs right now. And any little restaurants um, in Lisbon, uh, one of them, a two-star Michelin restaurant, um, mm. Café do Chiado, 
sorry, no, it's not Café do Chiado, my mistake, it's Bel Canto. Right. Canto uh, is a two-star restaurant um, by José Vilés and, and many others, uh, smaller restaurants, uh, all fantastic. Mm. So definitely worth worth uh, being explored. And there's other ones, you know, uh, more traditional that have been around longer that are very, very good. Um, a Travessa is one of my favorites. Mm. Also, I haven't been there in a long time, but that's, that's a very mm. good restaurant. And... All of them in, with a lot of character, amazing food, uh, great locations, historic locations. So, yeah, not only a feast for, for the stomach, for the, <laughs> the feast for the eyes, a feast for everything, you know. So that's the beauty of Lisbon. It right. gives you so much. And the thing is, is I think the world is, um, how can I explain it, for a little part of how small Portugal is, there are so many of us, and Portugal really is all over the world. And by having its citizens spread out everywhere. And and I see this almost every day when I have people sending me messages, whether they are in Indonesia or if they're in Japan or if they're in Australia or if they're in wherever they may be, you know, looking for a certain recipe that their mom made or 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 having a question. I mean we're just everywhere. And the other day I read something on, there is um, a DNA study or a chromosome study that is, the study is coming out and they're still doing more on it, but it looks like the Iberian Peninsula and the Lusitanio, whatever type of um, gene that Portuguese have, or some Portuguese have, it might be the oldest gene known. What? And it's older than any of the other Mediterranean cities or any of the, it is, they're studying it and it looks like there is a gene there that is one of the oldest and it belongs to Portugal. Wow, that's crazy. And I, I read that and I went, but of course, because it makes, it just, it makes sense. We have been around for so long. We have, at one point, the world was ours. So we've had all the ingredients and our hands on these ingredients long before so many others had their hands on it. And for all of that we've accomplished, somehow we don't, um, talk about it or it's almost like a, a well-kept secret of how great we are that, our problem yes and i i think now is the time and people are discovering more and more of portugal and i'm so happy that they are because it's it it, it just it blows my mind it just blows my mind of all the things that um how talented we are <laughs> you know and i know that we're talking about ourselves here but we are, we're really a great group of people. <laughs> we really yes, are. We are, yes, we are. And and maybe to follow up on what you were saying, I, I wanted just to call the attention of, of your listeners that um, soon enough, actually in a couple of weeks, it will be available on iTunes. There's going to be a new movie. It's a documentary about port wine. Uh, it was made out here in Sausalito. Mm-hmm. Uh, and directed by um, British um, 
former BBC uh, documentarist David Canard and a French um, wine connoisseur, uh, Martin Saunier. And the movie will be out September 6th on iTunes. It's called A Year in Port. And, and the reason why I'm mentioning this is because the movie has just won uh, its first. It was just issued this past weekend on, a, on the Rhode Island International Film Festival. And the movie just got um, a first prize. Uh, oh, wow. And so this is, this is going to be a great, a great way to showcase uh, our cultural because the movie is absolutely stunning. Uh, stunning in the images of the Doro Valley, uh, mm. amazing in terms of the whole history of port wine, which in itself is is, is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and so it's it's going to be a great uh, piece of conversation, and 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 I would probably suggest you know a, a podcast only dedicated to this film um, later on. Uh, who knows? Maybe with one of the filmmakers themselves. I'm oh, sure that would like be amazing. that's a great idea part of part of that but it just won this past weekend so i am I'm, I'm still very thrilled with the the prize that the movie got and and the movie is going to uh, officially be launched in new york on september 19th and then and then in other places and it's again it's going to be on itunes on september 6th so look out for a year in port uh, wow great, great showcase good. of portuguese cultural and, and portuguese probably one of the most extraordinary wines from from the oldest wine region in the world, uh, the yes. oldest demarcated wine region in the world. So yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, we can definitely. Do... Go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying, include the link to that documentary in our show notes, so everybody knows where to go download it and where to find it. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll send it to you. And perfect. So this and... is just one example of one of the things that Nuno you have been promoting and how you do such a good job of trying of raising awareness of different things that come through, whether it's a documentary, whether it's an event, whether it's a film festival, what, there's so many things that I feel like you've helped to put together or helped promote or um, even brought together like held events in the consulate that where you invite non-Portuguese people to learn about Portuguese wine and the culture and things like that. What, tell us a little, can you just talk, a little bit about like how you come up, like do those things and why you do those things and where you get your ideas. And because from my perspective, you've been, you've been the most active consul in that area. And so what, what's your motivation to do all that? Well, I guess the love of my country, that would definitely come first. And that's why I chose this profession. Uh, when you're a diplomat, you're basically, representing your country and you're you're doing it 24 7 you know there's not a time when you switch off and you're always representing your country always uh striving for that uh, that's that's promotion that uh, and, and in engaging locally i mean that's what i'm i'm paid for i'm paid for you know of course to uh, connect with my uh, fellow citizens and help them you know in consular affairs and help them with their documentation but i'm also paid to showcase my country and to promote my country and that's what i do i was very fortunate to have met the the people that were behind this movie the year import um, met them shortly after my arrival and made a connection and and they immediately 
uh, invited me to to help uh, edit the movie at the time the movie was still being edited and and so I was part of that project in the very early stage of it and so I'm I'm very happy that I was able to be you know connected with what is you know already you can see by the prize it won what it will be a great tool to put Portugal I mean you, yeah. previous movies have uh, th these people have already done two previous movies one about Burgundy called A Year in Burgundy and the other one called A Year in Champagne those two I have I've lot, seen the lot. movie A Year in yeah. Burgundy they and it had an amazing impact and so this is a, a great opportunity that we have it's a trilogy. There's not going to be any more of those movies. It's going to be three movies, wow. so two French wines and one port wine. So it puts us, you know, really at the top of the wines in the world. I mean, not that we needed to the movie to to be there, but it, it's 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 a way of acknowledging. And and this movie, uh, it's going to be like uh, it's going to be available on airlines it's going to be available on iTunes many many platforms so it will be it will be seen by many many people and it will be an amazing tool to promote tourism in Portugal so i was very fortunate to be involved in that initial um, editing of that movie and, and and immediately when i saw it i realized it was an incredible asset to be part of that right but i mean there's many other things you know that uh, uh, again i have to, to that's part of my job i have to mingle um, outside of you know, and 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 take any advantage to promote uh, Portugal, and that's why um, when I arrived here, I, I realized that I needed to to make that extra step in engaging those who I meet. I I decided to uh, to be a little more adventurous and to and to do a little bit what is done here in Silicon Valley to be disruptive in the way that I am here. And and I've been I've tried to be as disruptive as possible. Oh, I and love that. One of that. the very very easy things that I did was basically to to have on my business card a a an advertisement on on the other side. It's very unlikely you will find a diplomat with a business card that has some sort of a a logo or a, a catchy phrase on on the other side of the of the, of the card. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. I basically I put it Portugal, Europe's West Coast. That is what I have on the back of my card, and it, you, cannot, it. In, you cannot imagine how many people, when you present your business card, immediately ask you, "Oh, really? Oh, tell me about it." So it's a great conversation uh, way to, to yeah. yeah, opener, break the ice, yeah. and start talking about. Basically, I just want an opportunity to talk about Portugal in any way possible and shape. So. This is the disruptiveness element that you have to play with the rules of the game. You are here in a city that is tremendously original, tremendously you know, uh, open to diversity, and you have to be part of that diversity. You, 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 you have to play with the rules of the game. And that's also why we launched this year an app of the consulate. We're one of the very few Portuguese consulates in the world that has an application. And that was the, the purpose, was also to be disruptive, to be on the forefront of technology. I mean, if we are the consulate that is within Silicon Valley, we have to be up to par with yeah. the technologies that Silicon Valley offers. And why I wanted to launch this application to reach out especially to the younger generation, the younger generation that basically is is connected 24-7 to their, to their smartphone, to their, you know, and, right. and I wanted to be on that platform as well so that, you know, people can connect easily to the consulate and the consulate can connect to them via notifications also easily. 
So these are some, some of the challenges and some of the ways that I have approaches those those challenges. Wow, I love it. Yeah. And, and you said you're the only consulate to have an app? I'm not the only one. I'm one of the very few. Uh, okay. I'm aware. I'm only aware of another one uh, outside of the United States. Wow. But, but maybe there's more. I don't know. I doubt it, though. My feeling is that there's only two of us. Wow. That's well, amazing. Also, the, the challenge, too, is that um, you're trying to do so much. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is that the budgets aren't huge that you have to deal with, right? So you have to be very creative and rely on... Yes, on I mean, all of these things yeah. have to be budget neutral. You know, you can, I cannot, you know, this is important to stress out. I mean, this is, this application costs money because uh, it's not cheap, right. as you can imagine. And so it was, it was part of a fundraising event and it was, it was basically paid by a civic platform. It was not paid by the consulate. Uh, but it was paid by a civic platform that was created here in California called Darvosh um, a California, Give a Voice to California. It was Nelson Ponta Garza who was elected the Portuguese Conselheiro das Comunidades, who basically created that platform, and he saw the value of you know giving um, an app to the consulate in, in, in order to give a greater voice to the Portuguese community in California and to reach oh, out right. to the younger that's generations. Right. So yes, some creativity. Uh, and disruptiveness to come up with these projects and and be budget neutral. That's that's the whole point. I like the terminology of disruptive. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, like- well, if you're here in Silicon Valley, it's 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 very common to hear it. But I oh, agree really? with you. It's it's not like something that. you hear outside of outside of Silicon Valley. Yes, they. I mean, that's the whole concept behind of uh, Silicon Valley is to to be you know disruptive in in terms of what right. they create in terms of their being innovative in a in a very in a very disruptive way in, in, and and I love the idea of that because you're right it needs to what we're doing needs to be available especially to the next generation we don't want to lose we don't want to lose them you know we assimilate very well that's one thing I can say um, for the Portuguese, and I can say this in regards to here in the East Coast. I immigrated when uh, in the '60s, and everyone assimilated very easily. Um, and the Portuguese are not a very loud community. We tend to keep to our own, but everyone kind of assimilated very quickly into the uh, American way, and. What's what scares me now is that you know my children they know they know who they are and and in in passing it on to them, but I want to see my grandchildren also be doing the same thing and knowing where they come from and having that uh, part of it and so forth on. And I'm just afraid of that getting lost in in generations. And by keeping up with it or keeping with the new generation. I think that's the way to go. I think that makes perfect sense. Well, and, and this podcast is a perfect perfect example. I mean, you're already using a very, you know, uh, innovative means of communication. I mean, a podcast in itself, you know, implies that people uh, know how to download and, and listen to these podcasts. Right. So it's, it's, you're already playing with the technology of the future. And yes. That's wonderful. And then who knows? I mean, um, again, applications are... Think are a wonderful tool, and so uh, why not create um, or or help create um, apps that are you know 
food related, Portuguese food related, you know, with easy bees or easy contents that will appeal to the younger generation. And so, right. yeah, we should use those platforms. The platforms are available to us. It's up to us to use them uh, the best way we can to challenge and connect uh, with the, the newer generation and reconnect with them. Well, Angela, I think we've got a job to do next uh, because it's funny. When when Angela and I, when we met and we um, started talking and, and we felt very similar about a majority of everything, which is kind of scary. And when this came about in us doing this, it was a no-brainer for us because it didn't exist. And in, in also being uh, in whether you live in Canada or whether you live in out in the United States or anywhere in the world by just being Portuguese. So we have people in Bermuda that are listening to this. We have people in, in Australia that are listening to this. And and it's just all the Portuguese everywhere. And sometimes it's it's funny how there are days that uh, when we do the podcast, podcast that Angela and I will say some things in Portuguese and we'll get notice from someone saying, oh my God, I haven't heard, you know, someone say those words or talk about this memory or this thing. It brought me back to my, and it's, it's just so important just to keep it going. We have to keep spreading it. We have to keep talking about it. So I like the app idea with uh, food recipes, Angela, what do you think? That's a phenomenal idea. Thanks uh-huh. for the tip. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think You're uh, welcome. yeah, because Angela and I are always like thinking of different things that we need to do to keep promoting. Yeah. And I, you know, that's it. Um, you know, in, in another thing I forgot to say in is that the, the app of the consulate is actually was an app made in Portugal, made in the Azores. Really? So we're not only promoting the content, but we're promoting the the, the the engineers behind it and it's, so it's we're very proud that our app is made in Portugal it's the product of Portuguese uh, Portuguese company so that also is 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 I think a, a good way of promoting our country not only just by the content but uh, by the platform itself that's yep. yes so we're, we're coming up on on the end here and uh it's funny what, what people didn't hear is I think Nuno was skeptical about are people are really going to do we have a whole hour of stuff to talk about. And, and here we are. It's almost an hour and we could probably keep going. But I did want to ask, do you, you know, we, so we talked to you about your favorite restaurants in, in Lisbon and you've been in San Francisco now for almost four years. Um, do you have any favorite spots in San Francisco? Like of course, it's, it's it's difficult not to have to. I mean, San Francisco is um, is an amazing city. Again, yeah. because of its diversity, you can basically find anything, and with incredible quality. I mean, uh, the the amount of restaurants that have Michelin stars is stunning, and and at the top level. So, but I rather prefer more simple, fresh cooking. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to experience some of the very high-end cuisines uh, and invited to some of those. But I, I, if I have to make my own choice, I would go for a smaller, smaller joints, so to speak, uh, that offer you know fresh, um, local produce, organic local produce, and and. Mm. Uh, and and simple cuisine and and there's many many of them in San Francisco and um, again I try to look for fish. It's not quite the same same type of fish that you'll find in Portugal, but still you you it's it's pleasant. But yeah, I have I have my little favorite little spots and it's, they're not very fancy. Um, 
one of them is actually a burger place. Uh, and it's, cool? it's, it's, it's an artisan burger. It's called Rome, uh, R-O-A-M, Rome. There's only two in the city. And, and so they're amazing burgers. And then some small little Italian restaurants or Asian Asian cuisine, which is, of course, also very good in San Francisco mm-hmm. because of the big Asian community. So, no, it's 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 been in that regard also fascinating uh, to be here because of the 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 variety that that you can find in the quality. Well, in fact, we is the Rome the burger place we went to last week. Um, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes. It is. Maria Nuno and I had had lunch last week and. When I met him at the console, he said, do you want to have a burger? And I, sure. <laughs> and, uh, but it was actually a vegan burger that was actually really delicious. Really? Um, yeah, it was really, really good. So I know everyone, when they hear the word vegan, they think uh, immediately that it's not going to taste very good. But it was, it was delicious. Well, so. yeah, because it's made out of uh, red quinoa. So oh. when you get it to the plate, it looks like you're eating red meat. And you say, is that really vegetarian? And actually, it's amazing. The taste, you know, the car- caramelized onions, uh, everything is done. And it's everything is organic and it's fresh. So you, you get, you know, fresh tomatoes, fresh vegetables. I mean, it's, it's really very good. Uh, mm. So it's very That's unique. Good. It's a very unique type of burger. You won't find it uh, anywhere else. Mm. Now, I know there's, we've been asking all different kinds of questions, and we do ask this of everyone that comes on, and that is, what does it mean to you being Portuguese? Well, it, it means all we've been talking for the last hour. <laughs> <laughs> but what does it mean to you being Portuguese? What does it mean to you? Personal. This is a personal thing. What does it mean to you in your heart? Well, I don't see myself being anything else. Uh, yeah. It's it's what I am. It's I, I feel deeply rooted in in a, in a sense of a common history, common cultural, and I lived abroad even when I was uh, young. So, uh, but I was fortunate enough to spend most of my youth in Portugal, and so being deeply rooted and and in mm. this common sense of belonging to the same. It's a culture. It's a language. It's it's many things. It's it's non palpable. It's um, it's a very unique sense of um, and very gratifying uh, mm. of being part of this 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 community of um, of I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it does that to us too. It, it does. It, um, it tugs at our hearts at sometimes. It really does. Yes, yeah. it does. Yes, it does. Yes. Yeah. And because I, I was, I'm fortunate enough to be um, in a place in California where there's such a large Portuguese community, and I'm fortunate enough to, to be able, to live this Portuguese culture on almost on a daily basis, mm-hmm. so that I don't have this feeling of being uprooted or being you know abroad you yeah. know i'm in constant contact with the portuguese community and 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 the way they uh, preserve and promote our cultural in a in such an incredible way so i'm very fortunate and i'm very mm-hmm. thankful to be part of, of of that community also you know i i consider myself also part of this community and it has helped me tremendously 
to avoid this sense of being, you know, uprooted. So um, right. I don't really have this sense of being homesick. I feel at home because oh. I'm amongst uh, those who, um, who are, I, I mean, part of my cultural. That's beautiful. That's really amazing. Yeah. Well, I, I will say again that, you know, you know, you have done so much for the community that I don't think any of us even want to think about what it's going to be like when you're gone. And, um, well, I will say that through your efforts, whoever comes in next, I think so many of us will be much more open and willing to give them the benefit of the doubt of, well, you know, Nuno was awesome. Maybe this person's going to be awesome also, you know, because I'm sure, we, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it well, will. Well, maybe you'll be extended it. longer than five years. You don't know. Maybe. One never knows, yes. Yes, that could happen. Everybody send letters to the <laughs> government saying Nuno has to stay. <laughs> send it to the Foreign Service League that you want him to stay. There gonna, it is. We're going to include the email address in the show notes so you know exactly <laughs> send your message. <laughs> um, but this has been awesome. Thank you so much, Nuno, for taking the time. I know you have of a Of course, busy- of course. It was great. Well, it was Thank such you. a joy, as always. Um, and Thank you for having me. No, it was, it was great. You rock. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So was I right or was I right that he is like the nicest guy? You are right. He is. He seemed yeah. very sweet. And, and I know at the end he was saying he was speechless. <laughs> he couldn't, <laughs> you know, in talking about himself and, you know, and what it means to be Portuguese. And, and I get it, you know, it's, it is, it's something that, you know, sometimes it, it takes us by, you know, thinking about who we are and, and where we come from and what we do and all of that. It is, it's all, it's all great, but he he seems like a sweet man. So I can see um, how much you're enjoying having him as your um, your consulate there in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean the man never sleeps. I don't think because if not at an event, um, and he goes to all types of events. He doesn't go to like just the big fancy dinners. I mean, when there's a a showing of the Portuguese soccer game at a bar in San Francisco, and all these. Portuguese get together. He's there with his scarf on, his cashgol, and having a beer, <laughs> a beer with them. Um, you know, well, there you go. That that explains the reason he said he never feels homesick. Yeah. So really, yeah. And then if he's not at an event, he's answering emails, trying to put programs together, and trying to convince you know Portuguese government why they need to you know pay more attention to California and. And then all these uh, things like this port wine documentary that he's trying to drive awareness around. I mean, the man is just on 24 hours. So he's, he works tirelessly and, and we have to say, actually say thank you to his family for sacrificing (laughs) and giving, giving him up because uh, I think uh, it it does take away from them quite a bit. And I I want them to know how much we appreciate their sacrifice and and his effort as well. So, but he's absolutely. He's just been such a great guy. And we've had, you know, good consuls before, but he just uh, is unique and kind of his efforts just really blow everybody else out of the water. It's, well, look at the thing with doing the app. I mean, he's progressive. Yep. Launched a new website. He's yeah, he's progressive. Yeah. And, and there it is. I mean, he's taking something that it could have been fine to have this, you know, 
diplomat there sitting on the seat, spending his time because, you know, you have so many years to be someplace and you don't have to make uh, a difference. You don't have to make any changes. You can do same old, same old because that's, you know, but he didn't. And there and there's the difference. And yep. that's who and that's who you want. You want someone being being like that because yeah. that's the only way we're going to progress. Exactly. Exactly. We have to change with the times, right? Exactly. So that was a good one. That was really good. That was great to talk to him. I hope our listeners enjoyed it as much as we enjoy talking to him. Yes. And speaking of our listeners, thank you for listening. We appreciate all your positive uh, messages and notes. And I know it means a lot to me and I know it means a lot to to you, Angela. So uh, with that, we are sending you all hugs and kisses. Thank you. And if you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? Subscribe wow. on, iTunes, <laughs> on SoundCloud. Have you shared this with your parents? Have you shared this with your family? What yeah. are you waiting for? And we appreciate every like and share. And, and especially if you have time to write a short review on iTunes, that would be phenomenal. But we just, uh, yeah, we, like Maria said, we appreciate the comments and um, hope you enjoy it. So, yes. So until and next time, Maria. Até a próxima, querida. Até a próxima. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to our Portuguese Table podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can do so on SoundCloud or iTunes. And all episodes can be found on our website at www.ourportuguesetable.com. You can also reach us at feedback at ourportuguesetable.com with comments, questions, or suggestions. Até, Até a próxima! próxima.